Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined this week by... Pierce. Hey, guys. And uh, we got kind of a ramble cast episode. Just nothing nothing in particular this week. Yeah. Just random topics. First one, Pierce, I'm springing this on you. I haven't heard this one yet. I was about to say, these are all surprises to me. <laughs> nothing like, what do you think about global warming or no, because that would be off the table. But yep. just, just small stuff. Things you can come around and say, I've been wrong about. So, <laughs> okay. this is mostly because I have one, and you'll laugh at me about this, too, because I made fun of you for a while about this subject in the first place. Fablets. Now, first off, I should say, Fablets. not the word. I'm still against the word. <laughs> that is incredibly stupid, but it yeah. is the ex- more or less accepted general term for a large cell phone that's somewhere in between the size of a traditional start- smartphone and a mm-hmm. tablet. So, a phablet. Um, still a dumb word, but when they first came out, I was like, why would anybody need that much real estate? Mm-hmm. You got one, then mm-hmm. you got another one, and now I think you're on your third or fourth one. No, it's only my second one. You sure? You had the Razor, and then you had a Galaxy something or other, and now you have this one. Well, this is still the S, this is the S5. So for the longest time I had, uh, you remember that R2-D2 phone? Yeah, well, that was the case. Was it the case, or was that no, the actual that was the, a, that was the phone itself, because it was the Droid 2, so it was the, and it was the R2-D2. Oh, right. I, um, I do vaguely remember that. And that was, that was the size of an iPhone 4, so that really wasn't any bigger. And then I got the Razer, which, yeah, I would probably say is more in the phablet. That was kind of like the beginning, towards the beginning of the phablet yes. idea. Again, I hate the word, but... And, then, you know, and then now I have the S5, which is not the largest. I actually would have rathered a larger one. I think the Note 3 is the biggest one, um, or the HTC One. Both of which are huge, huge. But I, there's a deal on this one, so that's why I grabbed it. But all right, well, I'll let you continue your your thing, and then I'll I'll say. So f- for the longest time, I made fun of you yeah, for you this ridiculous sized device. Um, I'm kind of now currently I have an iPhone five. It's actually what we're recording on, yeah. and it's a decent sized phone. I enjoy it. It's good for most things, but there are occasional times games. Etc. Um, I watched when we when we did our Netflix Fargo episode. I watched the whole thing on my phone at yep. work uh, during breaks and stuff. Um, there are times where you know what, just that little bit more real estate mm-hmm. would be something nice. And now that the, the more or less all but verified rumors are that the iPhone six will be have a a quote unquote regular size and a large size um, version. Sense. I am highly considering because my upgrade will be about then. Uh, going with the larger size phone. So I think I'm finally ready to admit, you know what? Maybe I'm kind of finally coming around on these gigantic, ridiculous phones. I, I might actually have a use for one. Yeah, and let me just say, the only reason I was really keen on them in the first place is I'm, I'm big. Like, I'm tall, like, I have big hands. You're you a know? big dude, just exactly. Yeah. So proportionally, these are the right size. It's not like, you know, the oh, iPhone okay. 4s, I when I hold saying. it, are kind of tiny, you know, when I press something with my thumb, I'm hitting a button and not three. So Me holding a grain of rice is kind of like you holding a hot dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 
I'm not going to go with any analogies on that one beyond that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So no, no, that's an interesting way to look at it, the, the proportional exactly. idea. And not a lot of people, yeah, consider that. Um, but it is really funny to see, like, my girlfriend, who's 5'2", hold, you know, a phone of that size. <laughs> it's bigger than her head. Exactly. <laughs> it's really strange. But, uh... So if we're talking about things that we were wrong about, jeez, oh, I, I don't mean to spray. I was like, you need to come up with things. It was just, I just thought it was interesting. That for the longest time, I was against them. I was just, why would anyone? Need it? It's just ridiculous. It's cumbersome. It's unwieldy. But as I kind of move into that world of smartphones more and more, cause this is really my first. I had a Droid before yeah. this, but it, you could barely be considered a phone, let alone a smartphone. It was just awful. Now that I'm finally moving into the smartphone world and using it more and more, I'm finally like, you know what? That little bit extra real estate might not be a bad idea. This one more than amply fits in my pocket. I've got plenty extra room in my pocket. And that slightly bigger one might be the way to go. Because hmm. I think even the smaller version that comes after this from the rumors will still be slightly bigger than this one. It's like point one or point two inches bigger or something like that. Not nothing crazy, nothing but then you have like the one that's like an inch and a half bigger in terms of screen size. Okay. Like, I think it's like a. I think this is four point seven, and the new ones is like five, four point nine, and and five point seven or something. It's also like going to be elongated, like this one is, because this is. See, mine I feel like is a little more square, and yours a little more rectangly. Um. We're now holding our phones to each other. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking at them. In terms of the actual screen, though, I think they're more or less the same dimension, the, the same proportions. Okay. I don't know for sure. Yeah, we'd have um, to like, actually measure it. I want to say the new ones. The, you know, you know how the grid works for the iPhone in terms of the icons and the icon placement. No, but okay. It's four across, and then it used to be you had, I guess five rows mm-hmm. of four and now you can have six or or it was four and now it's five. Okay. So it's I forgot off the top of my head. Yeah. But so basically they added just enough real estate so you could have that extra row. Okay. I think the new small one will just have a little bit more space in between them and the new big one will have room for five across okay. and an entire extra row. Okay. Uh-oh. So a lot keeping the same proportion, not just making those bigger. Okay. You, you see what it? Yeah, you see I what see I mean. What you're saying. So it doesn't make them bigger; it just adds an extra. So everything still fits as a piece, even on an, an iPad like you have. I do have. You know, the iPad. icons are the same size; you just have more space in between them. Mm, I I would say that they are bigger. Like I'm they, almost 100 percent sure they are identical. All right. Oh, no, we're going to pause real quick and look at icons yeah. because that's exciting. <laughs> as I'll get out on my phone. Okay, we just looked at the icons again. <laughs> super exciting. Pierce thinks the ones on his iPad are bigger. However, my sister's got an iPad Air. Oh, see, that might be different. I'm pretty sure they're the same size on that, but I could be wrong. Because mine's a third gen, so it's Yeah, yours is older. It's the old silvery ones. I guess hers still has a silver back. It's in a case I never see the back. I was about to say same, but mine's in a... Have you had hands-on with an Air? No, I haven't. There, it's pretty wild how just, like, little bezel there is. Hmm. Like, it's just screen, and then that's it. Pretty much. I mean, there is a little bit, you know, like, the edges here. But it, it is pretty wild to be like, wait. They got rid of, like, so much extra stuff around mm. the edges and put that in there. Um, anyway, so can you think of any... I mean, probably maybe technology is a good way to stick to that in terms of just... Is there any technology that you originally like, why would anybody want that? And then by the by a couple years later, you're just like, yeah, maybe I'm on board now. Like, I'm kind of still in that... Uh, still kind of in that camp with VR stuff, virtual reality. and Not in the yeah. way of, why would anyone want that? I understand that some people do. It just, for me, I go, 
I don't really want to be putting stuff on my head. And Well, I think we're getting to a point where it's a lot more viable. And I got to see a little bit. They had a couple displays of different things at PAX as well. Like the Oculus Rift yeah, or Project exactly. Morpheus. Is that the Sony one? I don't remember what that's called. I think called, it's called Project Oculus Morpheus. Oculus was at... Um, you know, packs didn't get a chance because... What about the Virtual Boy? Was that there? Uh, yes, that is very big. And the Power Glove, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, you wear both the Virtual Boy and the Power Glove, and you can't do anything. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're incompatible, as far as I remember. Yeah, I believe so. I believe one was... Sega? No, they were both Nintendo, but I think they did. Were they both Nintendo? I think one was just for the NES. Yeah. The Nintendo Virtual Boy? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Really? Okay. Yeah. These are all things from when I was either not born yet or like three years old, so... Um, so I can't really think of anything technologically, um, like that. I can think of something very different track. Oh, um, go ahead. It's going to sound very weird, but lunch meat. Okay. <laughs> it sounds weird, I'm sure, to the listeners. To me, who knows, you are an incredibly and bizarrely specific picky eater. Yes. Uh, it doesn't surprise me at all. All right. So I hate cold meat. Like, and just about every other food imaginable. All right, not every food Except for the two or three things you do like. I love meat in general, but I hate cold meat. And especially as a kid, I never liked cold meat. And so I never now, did. does that extend to, like, leftover turkey? Like, from, from a turkey. But just, like, leftover in a wrap or... You know, but it's not, like, sliced lunch meat from the deli counter. It's legitimate meat that you've seen come from an animal. Okay, <laughs> Yeah, so not me, to say that lunch meat isn't legitimately meat, but you know what I mean. It's not hasn't been processed and rolled and yeah, whatever. exactly. So like, if I just took a piece of turkey out of the fridge, put it between two slices of bread, I don't want to just straight up eat that. I don't want to eat cold meat. I want to eat something warmed. And so I was never able. I never did lunch meat as a kid because it was just like this is cold and I don't want to eat this and I have no way of warming it, you know, because... Because microwaves hadn't been invented yet. This was the 1400s. No, because who, who lets, you know, a, a third grader use a toaster oven? Uh, you didn't have a microwave? I'm, I'm talking about, like, a go-to-school kind of thing. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. A, a foreign concept to me as the homeschooled Well, that's true. You, you, you definitely did have a microwave. No toaster oven, though. Oh, I love my toaster. Never grew up with a toaster oven. Still don't have one. So, if for me, lunch meat was just completely, like, out of the way. That was never a thing that I ate. And so recently, uh, more, I'm like, all right, roast beef sandwiches are pretty good. You know, I still don't love them cold, but I'm definitely changing my mind. Roast beef is good. Yeah, roast beef when is good. I'm not a huge lunch meat guy. I have nothing against it. It's just not, like, my preferred thing. But if I'm going to eat lunch meat, like, roast beef. Yeah. Unless it's, like, an Italian hoagie or something, roast beef is good. Now, here's a question for you, though. Cold versus room temperature. Because it seems to me if you're bringing a, sa- a lunch meat sandwich to school, by the time it's lunchtime, it should have gotten through. Unless you're keeping it in a cooler, I guess. But yeah. if you don't want it cold, why put it in a cooler? And before anybody goes, because of mayo and stuff, you don't eat mayo. I hate mayo. <laughs> so I don't understand you people that are like, mayo's delicious. I'm like, it is globs of stuff. I don't understand why you well, want Well, you've that. just described 90% of food. <laughs> what food are you eating that's globs of stuff? Meat is globs of protein. <laughs> not in... Okay, I'm... Yeah, but it doesn't take the shape of whatever you put it in. It's not like a squalid or whatever they call weird mixtures of solid and liquids like pudding and mayonnaise. Uh, okay. I'm not, <laughs> not going to even mess with that one. Okay. But. Yeah. I, it, I guess. The term you're looking for is plasma. but Yes, it's on fire. <laughs> it's, I don't know why I just, I, and I guess I got in my mind that it was cold and. It was just 
gross to me. That's really... But you, you've started coming around on this Yeah, I've started... Yeah, exactly. I'd still prefer, prefer it warmed, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to... Now, see, for me, there are very few lunch meats that I go, oh, this tastes anything close to edible warmed. Like, really? A lot, like, maybe roast beef is an exception. I've had some... Uh, like buffalo chicken lunch meat mm, okay. that I would heat up and was pretty good. But I like a lot of those like sliced turkeys and ha- like their, their consistency gets really weird when you heat them. There's already so much extra moisture in there from the packing process and stuff that it's just like kind of a weird mess, at least in my mind when you might and like bologna. Well, I guess I know well, a lot of fried bologna still is a not thing, coming around. But why here. would you heat like heating up bologna is just why eating bologna is still weird to me. But yeah. you, you know what? This is taking a, a strange turn now, but you know what lunch meat I grew up loving as a kid and now would, would just probably... I, I could eat it if I had to, but I would never choose to. What's that? Liverwurst. Ooh. I grew up on liverwurst, and I don't know why. Yeah, what? I Ugh. loved that as a kid. Now, there is a... It's not nearly the same thing, but have you had Lebanon sweet bologna? Not anytime recently. Uh, wait, yes, actually I have, because my manager got some and was like, you're going to have this. And I was like, okay. I love, it's a similar consistency, I guess, to liverwurst, a little bit. It's it's firmer than, because liverwurst is kind of fleshy, I guess, for lack, hmm. lack of a better term. I love Lebanon sweet bologna. I don't know if our listeners, depending on where they are across the country, can get a hold of it. <laughs> um, but it is just like candied meat. Which sounds gross when I say it out loud. I was about loud, to say, that sounds really nasty. So, like, I will just eat a slice of this stuff. No bread, no no any type of condiment or seasoning, just a slice That's of that. That's what my manager did. He put it, uh, two slices of it with a, one slice of cheese, and that was... Yeah. I don't even eat cheese. I'll just eat that. I mean, I'll eat it with cheese. I'll eat it with anything. But Lebanon sweet bologna is just oh, so good. <laughs> All right. So if that's things that we were wrong about, can I, can I do a topic next? Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. So it's not really a question as much as just something that's coming around, and I didn't think it would be worth a whole episode. So, uh, next week starts... As we record this. As we record this, so it'll probably have already happened, I guess, maybe by the time it comes out, I don't know. Yeah, this might go up this week, might go up next week. uh, Starts the Burlington County Farm Fair. We are in Burlington County, New Jersey. The largest county in New Jersey. Uh, It used to be much bigger. It is where the original... Area code comes from 609, really? which is still my area code, both at my house and my cell phone. Um, not my home phone because yeah. I'm t- 26 and I don't own a home phone. But <laughs> both are 609 area code, which is the original area code. So that's, that's our that. claim to fame. Why is the original area code start with a six and not like a zero? Or a I one? don't have a clue. Ask uh, Alexander Graham Bell or okay. somebody. But uh, yeah, that's the original one. Yeah. So. Starting next Tuesday? Uh, not next Tuesday, this Tuesday, I should say. As we record it, again. Yeah. Uh, is the Brunswick County Farm Fair. Yep. I guess. According to you. According to me. I, I guess that kind of answers my question here. Uh, you're going to go? You ever gone? Like, oh, I've been many times. There are very few things in this life that I hate more than the, car, than the farm fair. Because I love it so farm much. Farm fairs in general, but specifically Brunswick County Farm Fair. It is just awful. Uh, now, are we talking about back when it used to be in my town, or now that it's over in... Have I been since it's been in... Um, now Columbus. it's right by Columbus Sale, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the the Columbus Farmer's Market, for anyone. It's kind of a famous... Famous-ish, for at least the Northeast yeah. the Farmer's Market. Um, I don't think I've been... Have I been there since it moved there? No. I, I've been many, many times, but it was all when it was closer down to your house... Because yeah, it used to be in my town, and then what? About three years ago, it moved over. Sounds about right. Yeah. But I'd already sworn it off by then. <laughs> really? 
you know, you you drive all the way down to where you live. I um, walk over to yeah, where well, it is. For me, it was you drive a long way to then pay like ten or fifteen dollars to park, whatever it used to be. I don't know exactly, <laughs> but just ridiculous per car. To then walk through mud, to then walk around in mud, to smell animals and their excrement, <laughs> uh, pay too much for cotton candy, ride on a quote-unquote amusement park ride that is not bolted to anything and will probably kill you, and um, get mm-hmm. preached at by various religious groups that have set up booths, or buy Tupperware. Like, it is just, <laughs> like, any ba- any awful thing you can think of is probably in a tent there. Okay, now let me let me spin it also my way. Also, you the tractors. Yes, let me spin it my way. You you walk there. Um, now, granted, that's probably not... That also people. sounds terrible. <laughs> you walk there so that you don't have to pay any money to park, which is awful. Um, you get there, and first thing you do is you walk through the area with the rides. And, yeah, they look pretty sketch, but no one ever died, so it's okay. Then, you in on the way to get to the food, you walk through the tents with the animals, and you get to pet cows, and you get to see Again, sheep. Just, just in case, just so you're keeping track, listeners, you then touch all these animals on your way to eat things with your hands. Yeah, so, <laughs> I don't see a problem here, I'm not Says sick. the man who won't eat cold meat. <laughs> <laughs> I like it warm, I'd eat the cows right there, but... Anyway, it's just, and you get to pet sheep. Where else do you get to pet sheep? It's Any great. sheep farm. Why would you want to? They're gross and oily. <laughs> but they're adorable, and sometimes there's baby ones. Baby goats are adorable. Okay, now we've jumped species, but... Yeah, uh, yeah, but baby goats are adorable. And then there's the, the tents where homeschoolers keep their bunnies and their chickens. Oh. And bunnies are adorable. There's, um, not square dancing, but uh, clogging. <laughs> like traditional, I guess, Dutch clogging performed by... There's a lot of 4-H stuff. I was about to say, yeah. Um, my sister's fiancé, they're about to get married in less than a month here. His sister, one of... He has many siblings. One of them was like the... Either in the running or one. I don't mean to make fun of her for this, but for like 4-H farm fair queen a year or two ago. <laughs> and I, I think one. But like, I think a bunch of his sisters had like performed like clogging like it's yeah. just the weirdest they the the homeschool groups do a lot over there they do the animal portions they they usually do theatrical performances um all sorts of stuff like that well, that's probably how i first got involved with it one of the first times i ever went was with boy scouts where we manned one of the um uh, concession stands i was about to say because the boy scouts always do the cooking food, yeah. hamburgers which is something we should not have been able to do <laughs> because you again after you've been touching the animals like if you don't have e coli or something on your hands yet we'll make sure you get it by then like it was just i think i still have the shirt from that this is like 2001 does not fit me well it shouldn't fit me but <laughs> I I've, would had hope it, not. I've had it for so long that it stretched out to the point where it probably still would fit me, or at least close enough. Like, I'd be showing off a little sexy midriff, but not too much. So, and let me say, I how much I love the food, because it, it's funnel cake. I'm sorry, did just repeat that sentence. How much I love the food. Okay, I heard a food. Oh, let me tell okay. you how much I love a food. <laughs> how much I love a food. No, the food. That food specifically? Caramel. Exactly. Like, you had funnel cake, you had all those those fried ones. Yeah, Let's boys... have some $15 funnel cake. Well, I would totally. You could make funnel cake for like $3. Well, if you buy the equipment. But no, then... you, just need a, you just need a skillet and some oil and some 
pancake batter, basically. Yeah. Then you walk through all these tents that are basically like craft fairs, and there's always the bee dude who has like a ton of bees and the see-through things. So you can see all the bees going around, right? Fascinating. You don't love bees? I love bees. So I much. well, as a kid, I was terrified of bees. I you know they like, just just don't mess with them. They won't mess with you. I was stung so many times as a kid. A kid who barely went outside, avoided <laughs> slash ran away from any type of buzzing creature. I, as a kid, was probably stung 20 to 30 times. I hate bees I, to this day. I'm not scared of them anymore, but I just burning hate. As a person who doesn't hate things generally, like I, I focus on the positive, I, I feel pretty confident in saying that this won't change. This won't be a phablet situation. I hate One day bees. you'll be like, I like bees. They're kind of cool. Now, nah, bees are great because they, they're just happy go lucky, and they just fly around, you're like, hey, it's a bee. Yeah. And then they sting you, and if you're allergic enough, you die. If you are, yeah, sure. I got stung right here when I'm pointing at my uh, thigh, I guess. Yeah, lower thigh. Um, one time as a kid, I had a black and blue mark the size of a baseball well, for probably, close to three months. That probably also wasn't a bee then. No, it was a bee. It, was, it wasn't a yeah. hornet or anything like no, that? No, I was, I was on a trampoline when I got stung, so the well, and I squatted it, so it landed on the trampoline, so I was able to get a very good look at what it was. Okay, yeah. all right. But it was very strange. I just had this huge black and blue mark for like two or three months. Hmm. Um, so, and then after you walk the tents that are basically craft fairs, you, and usually it's towards the end of the night at this point, you Then walk you look over, at tractors. <laughs> yeah, then you go where all the old farmer dudes are in overalls and smoking tobacco various forms. And then they Meth is not a form of tobacco. Oh, dang it. <laughs> and then they show you all their old, old farming equipment, including the automatic shucker. Like, that is probably my favorite piece of farm equipment. And not even uh, just for the name. There's a lot of cool old farm equipment. But yeah. it, again, if I want to look at old farming equipment, I'll walk 300 feet true. directly in front of me to the farm next door. Now, granted, my, my uncle who owns that farm, you know, he doesn't have some of that really old tractor type stuff, but he does have some pretty old tractor stuff it's not like he bought it and like uses it as you know some type of art piece like this is farm stuff that him and my family have been using for a hundred years and and (laughs) literally over a hundred years i think it would be a hundred in like a year or two but and some of that technology really really neat yeah i have no interest in driving 40 minutes to pay 30 dollars but to go look at it but see i can google pictures now you don't have to drive 40 minutes you get to drive like 15 Still, not worth it. <laughs> and You'd have to pay me money to make me have any interest in going to the farm fair. And again, I wouldn't have an interest in going there. I'd have interest in getting money. <laughs> and usually you get free animals because there's usually some Crabs farmer... are not animals. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> Depends what he asks. But no, there's usually yes, some I farmer... Yes, are technically animals. Technically. Um, there's usually some farmer giving away free kittens... I've gotten a free kitten from there before. Yeah, because I really want to die. Yeah, okay, so you're allergic. Highly. Why, like, this is like the one time I'm super positive, and I love everything about the farm fair. Farm fair is awful. It's so great. I love it. So, well, And I have been to farm fairs around the country. They're yeah. all the same. And, and I, I don't mean that in a, in a mocking way, or it's just all the same stuff. But no, like, if you've been to a farm fair, and, you know, so I'm sure there are slight regional differences, like accents and, and stuff between them. But in general, they're set up almost identically the same way. Yep. They have 
90% of the same types of animals. I mean, the animals might vary upon what region you're in. Um, Different types of food might, you know, vary slightly, but it's all generally the same idea. So the point is, if you've been to a farm fair in your local county or the county next door, you've seen the same type of stuff we're seeing for the most part. It's, you've seen one, you've seen them all. And again, I don't mean that to be derisive. I mean it to say, you can connect with what we're saying, probably, just regardless of where you are, if you're in the United States. Farm fair in Great Britain? I have no idea. <laughs> a lot more boring. There's a lot more peat moss. <laughs> um, uh, all right, so that's that's my topic. Okay. What's, what's your next one? Uh, well, you are a PC gamer. Big yes. PC gamer. Uh, I'm not... I mean, I used to be. I grew up on PC games, and we didn't have a console until the Wii that's sitting over there uh, a few yeah. years back that nobody ever uses because it's a Nintendo Wii. And now As I have... to the other Wiis. <laughs> well, it could be the Wii U or... Well, yeah. But I do have my Xbox now. So, is it still going on, or did the Steam, the Steam Summer Sale just end? Ended a week ago. And okay. Currently, uh, Microsoft Xbox Live is having their big Summer Sale. Okay. I was wondering, like, what kind of stuff did you buy? Did you buy anything? Is there stuff that you didn't buy, but now you're kind of like, oh, man, I wish I'd pick that up, because I hear good things, or it looks cool. Now I have to pay a whole extra 75 cents for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not there, because their sales weren't great, but because even the regular prices are great on Steam. I can fully admit that. Oh, yeah. I only bought a couple things, and I can only remember... T- I bought three things, and I went in only wanting one. Uh, but what I actually ended up doing was I had But some... when he got to the checkout counter, there was, like, a really big for sale sign and some blinking <laughs> lights, and like, oh, okay, I'll pick up the other two. Well, no, I actually had some cash, and I was like, oh, I'll go pick up one of those Steam gift cards. And for one game that I really wanted, which was Planetary Annihilation, because uh, it went from being... Well, because it's in beta right now, it went from $50 to $16. I was like, I'm definitely going to pick that up. And I think I've mentioned that before when we talked about packs. That's an RTS, but instead of a map, you have a planet. So a real-time strategy <laughs> game, think the original Warcraft, not World of Warcraft, or StarCraft, yeah. or Command & Conquer, those yeah. types of games. There was a Dune game made by the same people who made the first couple Command & Conquers. Um, Firaxis, maybe? I'm, I'm probably wrong. I'm, I forget who made that yeah. that series. But that, that style of game where you're looking yeah. down, or Halo Wars would be another one, you're looking down at a group of ships and infantry, and you select them, you move, you tell them, go over there and attack that yeah. thing, go over there, farm that resource. But instead of just a section of a map, you're, you're saying that you're controlling planet. It is, it is a whole planet. And so it, is this the one where you could be like, I'm going to go colonize <clears> the moon, and I'm going to build a death around the moon, and I'm going to blow up the planet. The exactly, that's around. exactly that okay. game. And you can wrangle asteroids and fling them and stuff I like that. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's actually really cool, and I mean, obviously the game has a lot it needs to to work on, but it's in beta, so they're they're definitely going to do that. Like single player mode is really just playing bots. There's no semblance of a story or anything like that. Right. Okay. So it's it's fun. Uh, that was worth it, but like I said, that was like sixteen uh, and change. Now, does it have something that all real time strategy games need to have, which is full motion video? What do you mean? You do not remember full motion video oh, in like, like the old Red, Red Alert, Alert games? Two. Oh, <laughs> where you would have these terrible live action video clips, inter- you know, interstitially placed between levels with just the most cheesy acting. But but they were like famous people. Oh yeah, like, you have like Tim um, Curry. Tim Curry was a general in one. I want to say Russian general, yeah. um, uh, Sulu. Uh, yeah. George Takai was in one George of them. George Takai uh, played the 
the Emperor of Japan, I believe. Right, in Generals, I think. Yeah. Or Generals 2 or something like that. Yeah, they'd have big-time actors just chewing the scenery like it was made yeah. out of lunch meat. And just, you just ripping it to shreds. I, I mean, see, having fun. Yeah. And they were fun to watch, but they were just ridiculous. See, I want to know what Tanya's up to now. Tanya, I forget what the actress's name was. I don't think she's done anything Probably of not. note. But <laughs> I played a lot of Red Alert 3. Red Alert 3 and Red Alert 3's expansion, Yuri's Revenge. Uh, back two, Red Alert 2. Was that Red Alert 2? Yeah, because that, Red that's Alert, true. Yeah. That's true, yeah. I played a lot of those. That and was they, my first one. They've actually RTS. made that for iOS, and I bought Red it. Red Alert 3, yeah. And I played Red Alert 2. Oh, and, you know, two? it wasn't really? bad. Like, I, I think, I don't know if I've ever installed it on this. I had an iPod Touch before. I still do somewhere. But it was like a second-gen iPod Touch, mm-hmm. and so it barely ran. But aside from that, like, it was, it wasn't the entire game, but it was big chunks of it. it had most of the... Um, the it, units and stuff, and it was it's, cool it, stuff. It's kind of unrelated, but RTS and really strategy games in general work well on the tablet format. Like I got XCOM for my iPad; it works really well. Now, granted, it's not the most aesthetically pleasing, but being able to flip the map around with a turn of your fingers is really cool. So, you know, I would be excited for the day when like Planetary Annihilation is kind of able to be played. And you feel kind of like a general who's looking down at a clipboard on a screen and going, exactly. send those men over there, send those men over there. It's you know. such a cool feeling. It really you know, is. It fits that. It's it's a, you know, if you, if you know the term ludonarrative dissonance, there mm-hmm. kind of is none, and that's not even really applicable to this, but it's, there's a certain synergy or even skeuomorphism. I know I'm throwing around $15 words yes. just because I can, but there is that kind of sense of that where you feel the tablet feels conducive to that type of play because of a meta reason that's beyond mm-hmm. just the game. You know, it kind of fits there. Whereas, say, a first-person shooter might not work as well for that same reason. You know, something where you're controlling a large amount of units, yeah. like like a general of, of the future. You know, with your you know pipe and and big hat and stars and all that kind of stuff. It does kind of work really well. Yeah. So that was the first game I got. And like I said, that was 16 and change. And so I bought one of those gift cards. Had about like three bucks left. I was like, what can I get for three bucks? About 30 games. Probably, <laughs> but that I don't already own and that aren't awful. So I was looking around and one of the big name games that was under three bucks was Two Brothers. Oh, um, is that the name of it? Two Brothers? Brothers? No, Brothers of Tale of Two Sons. Brother, yes. that <laughs> Which I have played. Yes, which, yeah, you kind of told me a little bit about. Did you play Not yet, no. okay. But I had heard so much good just from you and other people that I figured that would definitely be worth investing in. Yeah, and I'd be interested... Now, you have a gamepad for your PC, a It's a wired 360 controller. Yeah, definitely play it with that. It's designed for those types of controls. Yeah, it's a very contained experience. It's a short game, a couple hours, maybe three to six, and it's just... It's just this small story, very little dialogue, um, maybe even no dialogue. What it is there is like in Simlish type deal where it's just kind of gibberish. Um, just a visual story, and I think you will really appreciate the tone of it and, okay. and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's one of those things where it'll, it'll creep up on that level of um, kind of depression that you don't enjoy, but it won't cross that line. It'll, so uh, it'll, it it'll doesn't overload up to the feels. It. It'll, well, it, there are some overloading the feels moments, but it'll skirt up to it and it'll scope. And it's okay. whimsical, but at the same time, you'll have those moments of just, oh, wow. Hmm. And then it'll come back, and, and but kind of in an uplifting way. I would, In a weird way, I would say it's similar to Where the Wild Things Are, the movie. Which I haven't seen. Oh, I, I, I love it. 
it's again very dark in places but uplifting in others and it's just just kind of that we talked about it with um with Fargo, just kind of that tone poem yeah. feel. And by the way, the first Wes Anderson movie, which name we couldn't remember, it's called Bottle Rocket. And I had it confused with Puddle Jumper, which is the <laughs> original movie made by the Broken Lizard guys, the guys who did um, Super Troopers and Club Dread okay. and um, they did Club Beer Dread? Fest and stuff. I know they did Super Troopers, Beer Fest. I didn't know they did. Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure that was in between those two. Okay. If I'm thinking of the right movie. It's like kind of the kind of the scream like spoof of horror movies yeah. on an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's them. Okay. You, you can tell because all these same actors are in it. Well, that's a good point. I just never really is Kevin Heffernan in it. It's probably a Broken Lizard movie. Yeah. Um. All right. So, and that's two games. The last game that I got, I didn't even know existed on Steam until I saw it. Um, Typing of the Dead, actually. Oh yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> let's let's back up for a second. You bought it with money. But yes. I was the one that actually purchased it for you because I happened to be sitting at your computer and you went, oh, this game's on sale. Yes. Buy this for me. Because <laughs> you were sitting at the computer. So I did. Well, yeah. You were you were sitting next to my computer. Because we were was, recording. We were yes, recording. The I was sitting so. in my, my lounge chair thing. And I was like, buy that. Buy that for me now. So it was everything that I hoped for and more. Let me say that. And this is a game where you're being attacked by zombies and phrases will appear, like, kind of hovering above the zombie's chest yeah. or whatever in front of the zombies. So everyone is familiar with House of the Dead, instead of shooting with, you know, uh, what is it? A light gun. A light gun. You're typing words. So out. it'll be a, some nonsense phrase on their chest. You'll type that nonsense phrase, two or three words. Yeah. And then if you type it correctly, it'll kill them. And you type as fast as you can to kill as many zombies as you yes. can, right? And there's different difficulties, and, you know, there's bosses, so, like, bosses that throw stuff at you. On the hard difficulty, everything you type has to be an iambic pentameter. Well, actually, <laughs> funny thing haiku. about that is there's different DLCs, and one of the DLCs is Shakespeare. Right, right, right. And so, like, it, you can set it up so that you actually will be typing out Shakespeare as you go. So it will be all, like... W- will it be um, consecutive? Like, yes. you're, you're typing Romeo and Juliet from page one, yeah. line one? On. I don't know, but at least... It's not just random lines. At least portions of it. So, okay. butt soft, what Famous life, soliloquies. You know, and, and then through yonder window breaks, it is the east, Juliet's the sun, you know, on and on. Now, what's that from? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> Taming the Shrew. I was going to... That was going to be my joke answer, Taming of the Shrew. Uh, ten things I hate about you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was going to say that, too. <laughs> that one at least makes sense, because it's yeah. based on that. But... Um, so those are, the th- and, and you've liked Typing of the Dead? Uh, yeah, just just because it's also super campy. I mean, I don't know if it's been picked up on here, but I really like campy. And, and did you say you played um, Planetary Annihilation, or you just bought it? Uh, no, I did get a chance to put a couple hours in Planetary Annihilation. And you're enjoying that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, like how I many said, moons have you super lasered planets with? None, because I haven't quite gotten to that point of figuring out how to launch moons and planets yet. Um, <laughs> it has a couple problems with it, so it's, it kind of functions like... Warcraft 3, where there's, like, a hero, and the game doesn't end until that hero dies. Wait, wait, wait. I've played Warcraft 3. It's been years. It, it, the game, in Warcraft 3, the game didn't end when your hero died, but there is, like, the one central character that is supposed to be you. Well, it, like, each mission might have a different one. Like, you'll switch back and forth between them, right? Yes. So, like, this, this mission you're playing as... 
Stan the Destroyer, but the next mission you're playing as Ullard the Devourer. In Warcraft 3, yeah. In this, no, there's just a, a person. Which, that was similar in, like, Red Alert 2 had a lot of that. Like, you, like you mentioned Tanya before. Like, yeah. Tanya would be your main They had your... Yeah. And, and this, if they die, the mission's over. This this takes us to the next level where it doesn't end until theirs dies. The, the other players? Yes. Okay. So, that makes it difficult when you have an entire planet... And you suddenly have to be scoping the entire And this is in multiplayer planet. or single player? This is just the game. This is how okay. this functions. Okay. So you have to find their general. And it can be really annoying if, you know, you set up a central base and you go from there. But they're just kind of going all over, making different smaller bases. And you think you killed their base, but you didn't. You know, there are other bases over here. So it's big on expanding and moving around the globe a lot. Okay. Or at least being very good at scouting. So it's kind of difficult. It makes you think in the macro. I don't know if you ever heard the terms macro and micro. Apply. Yes, I've heard the terms macro uh, and micro. Applied one to meaning big, one meaning small. Wow, golly gee. No, applied to strategy games. Sure. Yeah, macro being... You know, management of money and resources and the map. And micro being, can this unit kill that unit? Yeah, and maneuvering that unit properly. This is very much all macro and no micro to speak of. Really, no micro. It's or minimal micro. Very minimal micro is, is a good band name. It's, it's, it's really rock, paper, scissors. It's this shoots air, this air unit shoots ground. Like, it is super rock, paper, scissors. Okay, which so. a lot of RTS... Is not like exclusively that, but those elements are definitely there. Yeah, but you know, in, in Red Alert Two, the Kirov, which is this big dirigible, is coming. You need the anti-air guns, and I forget what they're called. But if you don't have them, you're screwed. Yes, you know, absolutely. and you know that can take down that. Um, you also need them to take out the, the jetpack guys. I forget what they're called, or you know, but they can also be taken out by infantry. But infantry yeah. will be taken out by tanks and tanks. And granted, know. that's in every game. But StarCraft, if you're really good at the micro, you can accomplish. You know, Zerg Rush, you, you know. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah, there's that, but. So that's what I got to play. So you said the Microsoft Xbox sale is going on right now. Yeah, and I haven't bought anything from the sale. Although there's a couple things I'm eyeing up. They're having daily deals, which when we're done tonight, I'll have to look and see what today's daily deals are. But they also have like week long deals. And there's a couple I'm eyeing. Dishonored is a possibility. Like I've heard I mixed about things, too, but for, yeah. for cheap, I might pick it up. But I did pick up, um, not at. Not on, on the on the sale, but from an actual physical retailer because it was on sale there. I picked up GTA Five. Okay, Grand Theft Auto Five. I just finished the main story last night. Took me four or five days of playing a lot. Okay. I, I, I had a couple of days off and I was playing for most of them. Um, very little sleep, <laughs> and so there's still like plenty of stuff for me to mop up. Plenty of little extra things. I think by beating it, I think I'm up to beating it and, and completing what side stuff I had. I think I'm up to like. 69 or 70 percent okay. completion. Okay. Um, and some of the stuff that's left is really hard. Uh, as I tried to play tennis last night for the first time and went, I'm <laughs> terrible at this. At virtual tennis? At virtual tennis. And and oddly enough, I'm actually used to be, I haven't played in a while, but pretty decent at least ping pong, table tennis. Okay. Uh, real tennis involves running, which I was is about a no-no. No. Uh, please don't say you're good at actual tennis because I, I might mean, have to I've, be like, yeah, I've yeah, played, what are you but about? I'm not very good. But ping pong, I'm pretty good at top spin bottom spin i can do that kind of stuff you know <laughs> this was just like an exercise in wanting to shoot myself in the, the tennis the tennis part the rest of it i really enjoyed gta5 i heard 5. great things about it it i 
loved being switching, being able to switch back and forth between the characters, um, the way those characters interacted, the voice acting, the story. There are elements of the story, like in any GTA game, um, where it's like, okay, I get the point you're trying to make. Mm-hmm. The 30th time you're trying to make the point about, in this game, it would be millennials versus hipsters versus say- the, the non-retiring middle class, or the, the non-retiring um, middle-aged Versus, you know, class warfare and stuff. There's the whole thing with the phones, the, you know, fancy-looking character has the iPhone. Right, and, well, I mean, that's just good you know, character design. The but crazy I'm, one has the Windows I'm not phone. even talking about the subtext. I'm talking about the <clears throat> on-screen text of characters t- arguing about hipsters and millennials okay. and stuff. And your generation and stuff was like, the 50th time, like, look, guys, I get it. I can admire what you're trying to say, even if I don't agree with all of it. I agree with some of it, but not yeah. all of it. But, <laughs> you know... You're really pushing, and some of it's funny, and but some of it's just like, I understand you're a European studio, and this is how you feel about America. And again, <laughs> some of it's pretty spot on, but maybe we can find thirty things to say about America instead of four say and say them each ten times. You know that's, what I mean? Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, I know that math doesn't add up, but whatever. So, did you get to step into the cluster fluff of online with GTA? Very little. I started it up. Just basically did the character creation, the opening cutscene, and then immediately after the opening cutscene for the online, you're immediately thrust into a race mission where it's win the race. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do this, especially because of driving in those games in particular is one of the things I'm not very good at. Okay. Um, but I was like, oh, I'll try, and I won. So, and I did pretty much nothing after that because I really wanted to finish the main story first because I know the online portion takes place later. And even though I know some of the characters that are in it, I didn't want to spoil myself as to who might survive and who might not, aside from those characters. Okay. Like, I know Lamar is in it, and I know, um, uh, who's the main computer guy? Um, I didn't play it, so... Lester. I know Le- I know those guys are still alive in it, but I still didn't... Like, anybody else, I didn't want to spoil myself as to... Because, you know, in a GTA game, Grand Theft Auto, I don't think we've said the full title, but Grand Theft Auto 5. You meant, yeah, you said that, um, yeah. People have a tendency to die in horrific ways, and yeah. I didn't want to spoil myself on those horrific deaths. Even though I still did with some for, like, walkthroughs, because there's some missions where I was like, I know the ending of this game involves a choice where some characters can die and some won't, and I want to make sure I get the one where they all survive, because I want to be able to continue playing with them after the main story is done, etc. Yeah. So, there's some things where it's like, okay, so that's how this villain's going to die. Whatever. It'll still be fun. It'll still yeah. be fun when I get to it, and it was. Good. Um... But it's... Have you played any of GTA Five? I don't even know. Are you a GTA player at all? Because I know you're really. not big in open world. Yeah, I was about right? to say, I'm not a sandbox player in general. So, And what are your reasons for not enjoying sandbox games? Because I know a lot of people don't like them, but for various different reasons. And the same way, lots of people like them for various different reasons. And so, bear with me with this. I, I play games a large portion for... The social aspect. Well, there's two, there's two reasons I'll play a game. Social, which is my major, but the second is... The ladies. The the ladies. <laughs> I love video game girls. No. <laughs> it, the story of it. Now, it's easy to say a lot of sandbox games have great compelling stories. Okay, that's fine. But I want to be moved along that story and not just have to kind of have like 50 different things that I have to do and side missions. And I'm like... But none of that... I, I totally get what you're saying. And in some sandbox games, that is really evident. And that's where we get to, to bring back the $15 word, ludonarrative dissonance, which for anybody yeah. who doesn't know, that's where 
you know, in the, an example would be in the Tomb Raider reboot that they did recently, which is a fantastic game when I played it. There's a scene where Lara Croft, and this is a spoiler for very early in the game, but she gets her first gun, and in a cutscene, I think there's some control over, but it's mostly a cutscene, kills a character who's attacking her. And she freaks out because she's never killed anybody and just acts yeah. like a real person, and oh my gosh, I just shot a person in the head. Uh, it might not have been the head, but that's not important. And then immediately after that, you are just mowing down people yeah. as you're trying to make your escape in this mission. And there's that, it's called ludonarrative dissonance, where the gameplay and what you're doing in the gameplay interacts with the story in a way to make you go, what? Like, those two things do not match. Just like in, in, a, in a GTA game, say your, your character is um, one minute jumping a police car and helping the police, and then the next minute is mowing down police and, you know, picking a prostitute yeah. or whatever. And there's that moment of either this person has a multiple personality disorder, or just this is shows it's a personality disorder, rather, or it's a game. And it's, it's yeah. those things that make it very evident that it's a game. That said, I think GTA V, of the sandbox games I've played, which is quite a few, does the best job I've seen of working around that. Okay. And a part of that is the three characters. You know, one of them is an, is an old school kind of kind of retired mob guy. He's not a mob guy, but he yeah. kind of has that feel of kind of like a retired Tony Soprano type guy. Yeah, retired um, player. And you know, there's there was even missions in there that I felt more comfortable doing as him than as say Franklin, who's the kind of upstart gangster type guy who wants to go le- not really legit. But he wants to get into the big time. And he's tied with the small time yeah. drug dealing crap and stuff. And then there's Trevor, who's just an insane. insane Canadian hillbilly man who I made sure as soon as I could to go to the barbershop and give him this insane, you know, huge mountain man <laughs> beard and shaggy hair. I gave all my characters the biggest beards I could and the longest hair I could. Interesting. It was, it was, I don't know why, but I was mean like, you're all getting beards and you're always getting the biggest <laughs> hair you can. Um, except for Michael, who I had, shaved head for a while. He's the retired kind of mafia-type guy. And there's definitely missions where I was like, this is a thing that Trevor's going to do. And then there's missions where you'll be like, just random occurrences, you're riding around, and somebody will go, stop that guy, he just stole my purse. And you can can punch the guy out, you can shoot the guy, and then you can pick up the purse. Well, you can keep the purse, or you can return it. And it was certain things like, well, I'm playing as Franklin, he'd probably return it, versus... I'm playing as Trevor. He'd probably shoot both of them <laughs> and take it. But then sometimes he'd be like, you know what? Trevor's just crazy enough. Maybe this time he's going to give the purse back. And it was the way there's the. I'm trying to think how to phrase it. You, you're saying like you'd like to be moved around. You'd like to be pushed down a path with the story, for lack of a better term. Term. You don't want there to be the breaks in the story. You want it to be just a continuous yes. ride. The three characters kind of fixes that because. Okay. Yes, the story is taking a break for a moment, but not because now I'm going to go do a parachuting mission, although you could. I'm, I left most of that for yeah. the end. But because Franklin's the guy who does the parachuting missions, and now I'm playing as Trevor. And guess what? Trevor's doing a story mission. But I don't feel that distance while Trevor's doing a story mission for Michael to be doing a, you know, a submarine mission or whatever like that. There, you don't feel that same strangeness because of the three. You've, and there's even story points where you can't play as character A because maybe character A is something big just happened to them and the game forces you to step away from them until the next mission is completed or they've been kidnapped or something so they're unavailable. And it just gives you those moments of, now I'm this guy and this is how this guy handles the world. 
and he's got you know seventeen you know, irons in the fire. It doesn't matter which one I pick; they're all advancing the story in a different way. Okay, because they found a way, and, and I think Rockstar North, who's the, the guys who do the, most of the GTA games, including this one. They've done a pretty good job of making sure that even the side quests, most of them factor into the story, or at least the world building. This one, the best of them all, I think. And I've played GTA 3, San Andreas, 4, and 5, and like five minutes of Vice City. I couldn't, I cannot put up with that aesthetic of the 70s and 80s. It just <laughs> makes me feel awful. But, you know, the sound, the look, all everything about it is just, for me, not something that works. But this one just works so well in terms of they it's because it's all about them trying to do that one last job and getting out, at least for the two older characters, that having all those different side missions that are all part of advancing themselves in the world and getting to the last job, it all just works. Um, it all just feels like... It doesn't feel like side stuff because it feels like real people. As, as cartoony as some of them are, especially Trevor, who's amazing, by the way. But, and I, I know I keep rambling about this, but... The way, especially in the heist missions and, and some of the other missions where you're playing as all three characters and, you know, you're playing as Michael and you're... There's a mission in the trailer, right? And I was explaining this to my sister last night because it's one of the cooler ways to explain it. The there's this, One of the subplots is kind of a war between the game's version of the CIA and the a game's version of the FBI. So it's the FIB and the IAA. But it's basically okay. that. Yeah. They're, they're kind of both competing for funding and both consider each other basically terrorist organizations and they're the ones who are really protecting freedom. Okay. It's a whole big thing. But one of them has kidnapped this guy and is trying to get information out of him. And the other one's trying to rescue him slash kidnap them for themselves to get that the same information. And they have dirt on you, so you're working with one of them. It's not important why. But, so one guy's a good pilot. So he flies the other guy in a chopper. That guy... So you're flying as Trevor. He, he's the pilot. You fly to the FIB building, I think it was, or the... It doesn't matter which building it is, but you fly to it. Then it prompts you on the screen, or it switches you automatically. Sometimes it gives you one, and you get the option. Sometimes it's the other. But it depends on the mission. It prompts you to then switch to Michael, who repels out of the helicopter, down the side of the building, to the floor where the guy is, shoots through the window, busts through, and grabs him. The moment he does that, now you've got agents shooting at you. So, it then, he's like, Franklin, I need help here, I need cover. So it prompts you to switch over to Franklin. So you do. And the camera zooms out from Michael across the street to Franklin, who's sitting on the roof of a building across the street with a sniper rifle, where then you are shooting the guys to, but you can switch back. You know, like, who can, maybe you can't get that one guy who's around the corner, but Michael can, so you switch back to him. And then once you've got them all, it's, uh, Trevor, I need to get you out of here right now. There's no time to repel up, so you're switching over to Trevor to fly him out of the side of the building, Dark Knight style. And, you know, there's, and that's just one of many moments like that where it's, you know, where you're switching. Sky hook you? Please tell me that. No, not Sky, but where it's just like, I need help over here. And so it's, okay, do I, as Michael, run over to Trevor to give him covering fire? Or do I, as the player, switch from Michael to Trevor because I have better aim than the, you know, the artificial intelligence, maybe? Yeah. And it's just making those decisions. Or do I switch to the third guy and provide covering fire, you know, or jump in a car and run the assailants over? And they all have their different powers. Um, Michael's essentially Max Payne. He looks like Max Payne. There are outfits you can get for him that look like Max Payne. He has a similar backstory, and he has the same power. You click in both thumbsticks... Time slows down. 
Trevor is a maniac, so you click on both thumbsticks for him, and while uh, with guns or any weapon, everything goes red. Um, <laughs> you kind of get tunnel vision and tunnel sa- more tunnel sound, where it's just like kind of this calm, calm eerie quiet. You take way less damage, which came in very handy in a few missions where it's be like, I'm just going, this is Trevor, because I need to be able to tank it. And there's literally a tank, and if I activate his special power, he can take like seven tank hits with no problem. <laughs> He does more damage, he takes less damage, and everything just becomes eerily quiet. Whereas Franklin um, was a repo guy for cars. So when you're Franklin, clicking both thumbsticks when you're driving, time slows down, you can make really intricate turns, you can um, you have way more precise control over your vehicle. And so if it was a driving mission, I knew I needed to be Franklin, because Franklin's going to be able to just weave in and out of traffic. And again, I'm not very good at the driving, yeah, so being so able to slow time down... It That's nice that they're cool. able to, to flip between characters with such fluidity. And it was just the way they did that, where you'd be in a mission, and there's certain missions where, depending on who you go to, the there'd be like a, a location where there's a, a letter, you know, for, let's say, H for heist, on the map. So you go there to activate the mission. If you go as Franklin versus Trevor versus Michael, you'll see a different side of the conversation based on who you approach as. Like, maybe two of the guys were already there when you get there. So if you approach the third guy, you miss half the conversation and you come in at the end and you think they're talking about you. But if you went there as one of those two guys, you get there first and you hear the whole conversation and maybe you were talking about him or maybe you weren't and maybe he misunderstood. But then you get that choice to switch back and forth between them. So who you end playing as, you're going to drive off from the mission as that person. So you're going to hear their reaction to what just happened. But if you then switch over to another person fast enough, maybe you hear their version of it. Interesting. It's really cool, some of the way these things work. Where it's just clever stuff that I would never have thought, oh, you should put it in that if you go to this mission as this person, this should happen. This happens. You know. Um, I know I'm talking about a year-old game at this point, or a nearly year-old yeah, game. but still. It's really good. Um, like not for children. Obviously. There are things in this game that I've never seen in another video game in terms of adult content that kind of, you know, blew my hair back a little bit, but it was really cool. And if you like GTA games, you'll like Grand Theft Auto V. So, um, we've been talking for a good amount of time. I'm about to say, that's probably about an hour, yeah. So I think that's it for this rambling episode where we talk about random things. I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. This has been Jersey Shore. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at jordan at legionofdudes.com, that's J-O-R-D-A-N, or you can leave us a voicemail, 972-798-3830, and just let us know that you're leaving it for Jersey Shore. You can follow me on Twitter at JordanFRMJersey, and iTunes ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to check out hhwlod.com for lots of great content just like it.